Welcome to the Life Podcast, where we offer real hope to real people dealing with real life. We filter our thoughts through God's thoughts and our ways through God's ways. We pray you're blessed by this podcast. Enjoy the show. This is the Life Podcast, living intentionally for eternity, people. I am joined by my guy, my main man, one of my best friends, Mr. Marco Sherman. Marco is a graduate of Liberty University. This is MDiv. He is married to Miss Rachel Sherman. He has two kids, Anaya and Josiah. Been an honor walking with this brother for the last couple of years to see his faith grow. He serves as a big brother for me and my faith, so I'm Definitely glad I can pick his brain on our episode today. Before we get there, you know, in life, we like to filter our perspectives through God's perspectives. We like to filter our thoughts through God's thoughts, and we like to filter our ways through God's ways. In this episode today, we're going to be talking about following your heart. Following mm. your heart. Should you? Or should you not? Um. My uncle once told me, um, well, he was preaching and he said this line and it stuck with me. He said, at the heart of every matter is a matter of the heart. At the mm. heart of every matter is the matter of the heart. And it's always stuck with me. He preached that maybe 10 years ago, but it just stuck with me. So today we're going to be talking about the heart, not the thing that pumps in your chest, but the spiritual control command for your life. We're called to guard our heart. We're called to trust God with our heart. We're called not to follow our heart as Christians. But now the message in the world and in culture is follow your heart. Whatever you feel is real. And if someone tells you it's not, they are hateful. They are bigoted. They are evil. They are wicked because we you should be able to do whatever you want to do. So Marco Sherman has a great perspective on like cultural apologetics. He's really good at like, uh, um, how can I say, analyzing the times and putting a biblical spin on it. I really admire how this brother thinks. Uh, he has a sharp mind, very witty, very winsome in how he speaks. So I think you all will enjoy this interview. But before we get there, Marco, say what's up to the people and tell them how much you love me. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you can just say hi to the people, bro. <laughs> that's what that's what you really wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you really want you want me to heap praise upon you. Uh, well, that's what uh, I what's want. up, everybody? <laughs> well, Michael, let's jump straight into it. Um mm -hmm. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10 says, uh, the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable, but the ESV will say it is desperately Des wicked. Desperately wicked. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, examine the mind. I test the heart to give to each according to his way, according to what his actions deserve. Mm. What a passage, bro. So out the gate, Marco, the Bible teaches us not to follow our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's very distinct on what's in our hearts. Yeah. Right. It's full of deceit. Yeah. Right. And then you kind of get a passage in Proverbs where it says, even to the child, his heart is bent to foolishness. Foolishness is mm, bent up bound and up. bound up in, up the, in heart the heart of, of a child. child. Mm. And it's bent to, it's towards evil. Right. So right. from childhood to teenage years to adulthood to reverting back to childhood, mm. an unregenerate heart is set on evil. Right. And it's yeah. deceitful. Um, Ecclesiastes says that God made man upright, but they followed many schemes. And I think that points to the deceitfulness of our heart. Mm. So, uh, Margo, just out of the gate, when you read that passage, what's some of your uh, gut riches or your first reactions when you hear the word of God say that the human heart is desperately wicked? <laughs> you have a sick heart. <laughs> Incurable. Who can understand it? Um, yeah. And that, that rhetorical question, who can who can know it? Um or who can understand it. And uh, isn't that, I mean, so counter to 
our culture, especially the Western culture, uh, philosophy, psychology of the last, you know, I don't know, hundred some years. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we, if we just limit it there and just the searching for, uh, why is, why is the world the way it is? Why is man the way he is? Um, why do people do evil? Um, is man basically good? You know, as, as, as you, uh, quoted you know got quotes here we, we can maybe talk about from rc sproul you know is man basically good i think mm. i think that is an inherent belief in the culture that man is just basically good right and that when we have evil or some kind of ill and we'll, I, I know we'll get to this it's one of your questions is mm-hmm. we can just we can just push that off on a you know why did they do it well you know they had a hard life or they had this or they had that and surely mm-hmm. those things do play a part, but but what the Bible says is is that's not the ultimate reason. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you you um you having a bad childhood could contribute to <laughs> you know you being a horrible abusive father. Yep. Um. But ultimately, but but we know that. But that's not it. That's not everybody, right? Like there's 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 someone that can grow up and have a horrible childhood. Yep. Maybe maybe themselves be abused, and they don't do that. Come on, right? They don't repeat that. Yep. Um, but it's a matter. It's a. It's. It's really. It's a matter of the heart. So, your heart plays out. You know, and your life circumstances can add to that. But it's really a matter of the heart. And I think I don't think humanity doesn't want to say that. Right? Humanity in mass, they don't want to admit and say there's a heart problem that we're all desperately wicked and sick. You know, most people would say, "Hey, I'm a good person. I don't. You know, I don't cheat on my wife. I don't cheat on my know, taxes. I don't lie. I don't cheat on my taxes." <laughs> You know, I do an honest day's work. I, I contribute to the poor. I support whatever the latest, you know, political or social uh, movement is. Look at, mm-hmm. you know, look at all these things I'm doing. I'm like, I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to hear that. No, your your heart is desperately wicked. <laughs> you have a sick heart, right? <laughs> you have a sick heart. <laughs> uh, and even your purest, you, you know, even your best motives are tainted with sin. Um even your uh, love for your wife or even your uh, love for your kids is tainted with sin. Um, you know what? I see that. I see that in my own life. Even my, my love for my kids is tainted with sin. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's inevitable. You know, it's, it's like, it's like Thanos, you know, I am inevitable. Thanos, I am <laughs> inevitable. inevitable. <Yeah. laughs> I was just thinking about that. As soon as you said it, I was like, yeah. I am inevitable oh, that was a good movie <laughs> it was a, that was a really good movie it was really I good watch it today i know i know um <laughs> and it's, it's and it's uh <laughs> yeah so so just get back to jeremiah i mean that passage just is so anti-cultural <laughs> <laughs> you're not you will not see that posted up in you know most uh well, how do i want to say it that's going not a to no billboard. No, it's <laughs> desperately wicked. You have a sick heart. Yeah, you're not seeing that on billboards or on uh, he gets us commercials. <laughs> he gets us commercials. Trace me tripping me out. Oh man, they really. Oh man, I don't know what kind of Jesus they got, bro. Oh man, he's a really friendly Jesus. He's really friendly. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Who is wow. this Jesus? This dude he gets is amazing. Us. Yeah. <laughs> he gets us. Yeah. Is it what's the what's the theologian? What's it? Pelagianism. Pelagius was that his name? I don't know where we're going. What are we talking about? I'm, I'm gonna get to it. But there's what, a Pelagius. A, there's yeah, a Pelagius. Pelagius. Yeah. It's this uh-huh. picture I saw the other day on Instagram, and it was like a side by side of Pelagius and like a fictional looking Paul. Mm. And he was saying because Pelagianism is almost like man is basically good. He has mm-hmm, some sin, right. but he's he, basically yeah. good. Yeah. So on one side it has Pelagius saying man is basically good, and then on the other side it has Paul saying at sinning. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. He's that's pretty yeah, good. He, he's that very good basically at good yeah. at sitting. And it was just really that's funny. Right. I wish I had the bit, the image. That was pretty but good. But I think that's a good point. Um, of uh, and I think RC Spro has a great. I know I sent you some of these, mm-hmm. but RC Spro has a great take on. He has a book called "Are People Basically Good?" And that's a part of his. Um, you know, he came out with like a lot of questionnaire type books, right? And um. He 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 had a lot of good things to say. I'm actually I will get to it later because I have to actually find the quote that I want to use. 
But um, one thing he talks about is just the image of God. What makes, if it's anything good in a man, you have to even give that to the glory of God because it's mm. God's image in a man right. that makes him do any goodness, any act of goodness is because God's image is there. And I like what Pastor Zach says often. He says, when you look at humanity, it's like going into a circus and going to one of those places where the mirrors kind of make you look funny. So right. a mirror will make you look real, real fat or make you look real, real tall or your body is like zigzag. And he said, that's that's a spiritual reality to how we are. Like I, when you look at people, you can kind of see like they different from the animals. <laughs> like they they right. different. They they function different than anything else on this earth. They they have a rationality. They have a creativity. They can they can they can the way they procreate is different is love there the way they kind of deal with their children so you can kind of look and see something's unique about them right right? like it's something special about this group of people right and um i think about songs when it says uh i think david's talking about who is man that you're so mindful of them you know what i mean he's asking god like who is man who is flesh what is man that that you're just so mindful Mm -hmm. of him like god Mm -hmm. god's benevolent general love to mankind shows that it's something redeemable. And I think it's the image, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but then if you just, if you watch them long enough, you like, they are very depraved people. They do very depraved things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and all of us are like that. It's just that as Christians, we realize how depraved we are and mm-hmm. we come to a place where we no longer boast in whatever goodness we have. We only boast, and that we know the Lord and we boast in Christ and we boast in what he's done for us, that he was the perfect person mm-hmm. that saved us because we had no perfection, no goodness, no merit to stand before God and say, you should let me into heaven. You should let me be in fellowship with you. It's only through Christ because we just don't have it, bro. Don't Our heart it. is mm-hmm. it's desperately wicked. Desperately. And the Lord does not stand in the council of the wicked. He's holy. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why the gospel gets more precious to us every single day. So, Margo, kind of jumping into the heart. What does Jesus say about the heart? Because I love, I mean, you know the Bible up and down, you know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> Studied it, turned it on its axis. Okay. If, if only yeah. I had the ability to quote it at will as you do. I mean, you have an, an like I've, I've spent, you know, so much time memorizing scripture and like I can memorize them, right? Yeah. But then when I, when, I, when I don't have the cards in front of me and I'm like, <laughs> I can't think of any. I just can't think of nothing. Like nothing comes to mind. So there's like a, there's not only memorizing, but there's recall. I think you have a great recall. Yeah. Where you're able to just at will just summon some verses. <laughs> and me, I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm, 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 <laughs> that's somewhere mm-hmm. in the Bible. <laughs> I know. Well, no, I could probably tell you where, but but I just can't recall it instantly. Like I'd yeah. have to sit there and think, like, oh yeah, oh, and then my my recall, my processor is slow. <laughs> You know, I was I have like a old penny slow cooker. You're I got an Intel, Intel Celeron or something. You know, it's really slow. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, bro. but uh, so you ask, what does Jesus say about the heart? Yeah, what does Jesus say about he's got the a, heart? He's got a couple. Uh, I, I know in Luke, mm-hmm. if, you put, if you have the scripture pulled up, you know, he talks about uh, it's not what man puts in puts into his body, but what's, mm-hmm. what comes out. You know, because that's you know out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He talks. He talks about the great commandment. Yeah, right? you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, or, or all your, you know, depending on which. If you're looking at Matthew or Mark, which uh, he lists three things or four, but the point is the same, right? It's with all your being. <laughs> love the Lord your God yep. with all your being. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some. You have some scripture specifically you want to. Yeah, so in Matthew 15, uh, Christ gives this discord. Uh, he talks about defilement, where defilement comes from. Mm-hmm. For those listening, you won't see me looking at my notes on the other screen, but those watching, you'll see me. You know me by now. I'm looking at my notes. So 15, let's do 15, 15. Well, let's do 10 to 15. <laughs> it says, Summon the crowd, he told them, Listen and understand it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. And then dropping down to verse 16, after the disciples asked about the parable, he says, do you still lack understanding? 
Jesus, he vicious. <laughs> Verse 17, don't you realize that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And this defiles a person. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, slander. These are the things that defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile a person. Mm. So I think Jesus is almost amplifying Jeremiah 17, not through 10, <laughs> where he said, this is why the heart is deceptively, deceptively wicked. Look what comes out of it. Mm. If you want to know the result, if you want to know something good, look at the results of it. Right. And Jesus kind of says, can a bad tree produce good tree, good fruit? Right. Could, right. A, could a good tree produce bad fruit? No. Like logically, we, it, we get that. So why do we think evil people can produce good? Mm. But in a sense, you point to a lot common grace. Right. Because Jesus also says, who among you, if your child asks for a toy, will give him a snake. Right. Or if he asks for a fish, you give him a rock. You said if even you who being wicked can give good gifts, how much more can God? So it is a sense where humanity can do good things. Right. Mm -hmm. But that has nothing to do with the eternal state before God. I like what Martin Luther says. Martin Luther says, God doesn't need your good works. But your neighbor does. <laughs> mm, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I like I like what he says when it goes there. So I think that humans can do good things, but I think someone can do good things and still not be a good person because yes, yes. that good thing that they did has benefited someone, but they may have done it with a wrong intention. The motives. <laughs> they wanted to press in the pomp and circumstance. Right. 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 Oh, yeah. They wasn't yeah. doing it for God's glory. They was doing it because they wanted praise. So LeBron James has a I promise school. That's a good thing. People gonna benefit, mm -hmm. but that may just be. To write off his tax. It may be from a heart of like he really want to help, but it also boosts his charity and make money. <laughs> it looks good. I mean, it looks good. I mean, but someone right? benefited from it. So I'm not saying mm -hmm. that, you know, when we talk about total depravity, it's not saying that people can be as depraved as they, mm -hmm. their heart wants it to be. It just right. means that at their core, their natural disposition is bent towards evil. Not that's to right. say that people will fulfill all the evil that's in their heart because God restrains it. God mm -hmm. restrains that evil for the benefit of everyone else and for his glory and his holiness. But it does mean that at the core, if God ever released his hand and let people do what he want, Paul Washington said mm -hmm. the world wouldn't last two minutes. No. It mm -mm. <laughs> that points to the sin. evilness of people are. Yeah, he yeah, restrains, Lord restrains sin. Yeah. He does. He does restrain sin. So um, Jesus' theology, like you was just saying, is when he teaches about the heart, he he says that you need a new one, first and foremost. <laughs> you need a new heart, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's going towards Ezekiel and Jeremiah. That's right. what God's going to do. And Jesus ushered that in, right, with the Holy Spirit. He regenerates us. We take on his life. So you need a new heart. And you need a new heart because the bad one, the one you have is horrible. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> There's nothing good in it. And nobody no. likes to hear that message, Marco. No. no. That it angers people because people at their core think that they're good. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some people who know if you press them in love, they ain't no good people. But it's not a lot of people who say, I'm wicked, mm -mm. that I'm sick. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people want to say that. No. Only the Spirit of God can allow you to say that in me. They'll, they'll say something's wrong with me. Right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to touch on they'll become a mental health issue. Go ahead. You know, they'll say something's wrong with me. You know, I just don't <laughs> understand, you know. Um. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if we're ready to jump there yet, but that's a that can be a mask for social or not social, but for um, when humanity is confronted with the fact that it's not good, right? Like, look at any mass mass shootings. But like as an example, the first mm -hmm. question is motive. Why? Yep. Why yep. Did, there has to be a motive, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in in any murder, and it's always like we were we're looking immediately for the motive. Well, why? Mm -hmm. Why would why would someone do this? Yeah, uh, serial killers. You know the, the 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 absolute brutality of what they do. Why? Why? Why would? What's his motive? What mm -hmm. drove him? You know, that's the question. What drove this man to, you know, uh, do such a thing? And mm -hmm. if they can't find a motive, it's um, <laughs> it's 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 a real challenge. Like, well, we don't know. We can't find. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. I don't know if this has ever been updated, but the um. 
the shooter in um I know it was Nevada. I think it was Vegas. The Vegas shooter, the guy that just mm. was picking people off from his building. I don't know how many mm, people. Yeah. As far as mm. I know, they never found a motive. I don't know if that's mm. ever been changed. Like they ever came up with something else, but they 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 could never figure out why did he do this. And I think yeah. that it just bothers people because it's like there's gotta there's gotta be a motive, and that's not that there isn't, but the ultimate motive is that the heart is desperately wicked. Yes, and and it it, it will. It will naturally go that way if not, um, if if left to its, you know, own desires. If it's left to its ultimate inclinations, it will it will continue to go down uh, such a path. I mean, of course, we talk about the Lord restrain. I think He restrains a lot of evil. He does. Mm-hmm. He does. Um, Romans three nine uh, through eighteen. It just gives a it's 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 a snapshot of humanity, bro. At mm. the, at, at, this is humanity apart from God's grace. Right. Their natural disposition, right? There is no one who is righteous, not even one. There is no one who mm. understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. Imagine saying to somebody, you are worthless. <laughs> there is one who does what is, there is no one who mm. does what is good. Not even one. Here we go. Here's the behavior. Here's yeah. the behavior. Mm. Their throat is an open grave. Mm. They deceive with their tongues. There we go. Deceitfulness. Mm-hmm. Viper's venom, deadly, is under their lips. Their mouth, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Mm. Here we go. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their path. We don't say that word no more. Wretched. Wretchedness. <laughs> Ruin and wretchedness are in mm. their paths. In the path of peace. They have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Mm. That's the combination. People do not fear God. Mm. They despise his kindness. That's led, that's meant to lead them to repentance. They yeah. think, as Ecclesiastes says, when judgment is delayed and emboldens the sinner. Mm-hmm when someone sins and there's not a judgment right after it, it makes them think they're getting away with it and they're okay. Yeah. But the Bible also says, the Bible, the Bible also says that God laughs because he sees their end. Mm. <laughs> End of the day, God going to win. God, yeah. But back to the Romans, what it's saying is that motive that no one can understand is in verse 15. Their feet are swift to shed blood. It's so simple. They, people like killing people. People are sick, bruh. And Jesus says, yeah, you you get upset with that dude in Las Vegas because you see an outward manifestation of what's happening in the heart. But how do you have an excuse when you hate your brother? Mm. You hate him. You kill him within your heart. How are you better? Because you didn't commit the sin or you didn't take it out? Jesus says, I care just as much about what you're feeling inter- internally as externally. That man hatred for whoever it is he was plucking off was an internal thing that came from his heart. Mm-hmm. So when we say motive, we can say sin. He's sinful. He's sinful. That makes stuff very clear. We, that makes things very clear. So not only do people want the motive behind it, they also want an excuse behind it. Mm-hmm. right? They want to blame someone else for their sin. And that goes back to Genesis 3. No one took accountability. The serpent didn't get a chance to yeah. talk. He was done. <laughs> but the two who could talk, what do they do? Blame somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They blame. Adam blamed the wife, the woman you gave me. The woman mm-hmm. blamed the serpent. No one took accountability and said, you know what? I wanted it really mm-hmm. bad. That's how we are, bruh. We try to excuse the evil that we do because at the core, we think, you know, I'm a good person. No, you're not. I'm- I'm just, You're desperately wicked. <laughs> I, th- I think you answered you asked you answered another question that comes up is not not just the motive, but um, I just forgot now what you were just saying. But you were saying the motive, right? They want to know the motive. Yeah. Oh, and they, and they want to know well, what 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 caused that. You know, what's the yes. excuse? What's the excuse yep. behind it? You know, was this person? Oh, he was abused as a child. Oh, okay. That, oh, that. Oh, makes that makes sense. all right. Now I get it. Now I see why he's the way he was. Yeah. And and you want to look for. Because you believe humanity is basically good, you gotta find right. some 
abnormal, you know, cause for, for the behavior, uh, hmm. you know, and, and when, and when, you know, they interview the neighbors and they say, he was such a good guy and he was quiet, mm-hmm. uh, lived a quiet life. And those are the, those are the hard ones. Right. Cause they're like, yeah. what caused this man to, you know, snap. And that's the word though. You snap yeah. and do such devastation, uh, when everything else in his life looks so good and we just can't understand mm-hmm. this, you know, here's a, here's a <laughs> favorite phrase, senseless violence, you know, this favorite senseless phrase, violence. Senseless yep. violence. It, I mean, it is senseless, but, but in another way, it's like, this is the natural outpouring of what the scripture says. Um, mm-hmm. and when, you know, we're getting, we're getting into what's the fabric of humanity. What is humanity in yeah. our culture? If our culture denies what the Bible says, right. Right. Because it's an antiquated book written by, you know, sheep herders or something. Right. <laughs> so, so we got to look at what, what is the, what are the psychologists? What are the, what are the anthropologists? What do they say? Mm-hmm. Um, what is you, what is man? Right. Yep. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's the, the, the foolish things of God are more wise than the wisest thing of men. Mm-hmm. God takes what that's, what's foolish to profound the wise. So when we come into a building and say, no, actually, you don't understand anything until you understand the world in the lens of creation, fall, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Redemption, restoration. Redemption. That's how we kind of look at, that's how, that's our biblical worldview. I'm reading uh, Total Truth by Nancy Percy. Um, and now her whole thing is about worldview. But we have, we can answer the following questions that everybody should answer, ask themselves before they die. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Why were you created? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with the world? What's the solution? Those are four basic worldview questions, bro. Who are you? Why were you created? What's wrong with the world? Mm-hmm. What's the solution? <laughs> because the older you get, you realize something wrong with this place. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People do some very depraved right. things, bro. They do. They do. Um, and why God allows others to go further and restrains mm. others not. Um, John MacArthur had a great line when he says it's three way God it's three ways God restrains evil. He says he restrains them through their conscience. He restrains mm. evil through conscience. Right? God's law is written on our hearts. So you have this inward battle. That's what Paul talked about in Galatians and Romans three, right? Mm-hmm. He says when a when a Gentile obeys the law instinctively, it's because his conscience is working. <laughs> mm, it yeah. either it either tells him he does what's right or it excuses behavior, right? So you have the conscience, and then you have parents, right? God gives you parents to regulate the evil that's in your heart, and then the law. The law, mm. police officers, authorities, people who can mm. lock your butt mm. up because you are a menace to society, yeah. Yeah. right? And mm. and what and all three of those things are under attack. We're told, we're told with um, mental health, you can't trust your mind, you can't trust your conscience. We're told you can't trust your parents; they don't know anything. And now we're being told you can't even trust the police. So the very three things that God uses to control and restrain evil, this world is trying to break down. It's amazing, mm-hmm. bro. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get anarchy. Anarchy, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a that's when you get thing. anarchy, and all that stuff comes down to there's no fear of God before their eyes. Mm-hmm. People do not fear God. Mm-mm. They take His patience and His kindness as weakness, not as a moment to really consider the ramifications for their sin. For the wages of sin is death. Right? Matthew Henry has this. I'm gonna read his commentary on Jeremiah seventeen nine. He says, the heart, the conscience of man in his corrupt and villainy state is deceitful above all things. It calls evil good and good evil and cries peace to those to whom it does not belong. Herein the heart is desperately wicked. It is deadly. It is desperate. The case is bad and bad indeed. If the conscience, which should set right the errors of other faculties, is the leader, is leader, is the leader in the delusion. We cannot know our own hearts, nor what they will do in the hour of temptation. Mm-hmm. Who can understand his errors? Much less can we know the hearts of others or depend upon them? He that believes God's testimony in this matter and learns to watch his own heart will find this is a correct, though a sad picture, and learns many lessons to direct his conduct. But much in our hearts... And in the hearts of others will remain unknown. Yet, whatever wickedness 
there is in the heart. God sees it. Men may be imposed upon, but God cannot be deceived. Mm-hmm. That's some old school Puritan writing there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the concise version. <laughs> Short I think and sweet. he puts it in a way that we can't, but I couldn't put it mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I could. So it's it's a level of we don't know how bad the heart is, and praise God we don't. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how much God and his grace is sustaining and mm-hmm. restraining the goodness in this world and the evil in this world. You know, the war that's happening between Ukraine and Russia, God, that could have been happening, but God was restraining this sovereignty for some reason that we don't mm-hmm. understand. We just got to trust. We got to trust, right? Right. Um, everything that we see, the violence, the, the marital ter- turmoil, sibling rivalry, nation against, na- nation against nation, church against church, people against people groups, white against black, mm-hmm. black against black, if you make that too political, if and I do think it's a political aspect, if you make mm-hmm. it too economical, I do think it's an economical aspect. If you make mm-hmm. it too educational or social or mental or environmental, if you want to make it any of those things, but you miss the fact that people are set on evil, you mm-hmm. have missed the whole point and you have missed God. If you miss God, you miss the gospel. You miss the only remedy that God is giving you to change, mm-hmm. to make things better. Right. So to focus on those things, make and bring light, the evilness of people's heart, it's like the law. The law shows you that you're evil, but it gives you no help in overcoming the evil. <laughs> but it shows you you evil. It shows you you're not a good person. But once that desperation falls in, what do you turn? You don't turn anyway. You look up to someone who is truly good, who kept the law fully, Jesus Christ. The one who really had a good heart. He was the good tree <laughs> that we weren't. Everything that flowed from him was goodness, holiness, true, pure, lovely. Right? Thinking about someone else, self-sacrificing. That's not what that's not how you explain humanity. Mm-hmm. Even an unbeliever wouldn't explain humanity like that. So what's wrong with us? The heart of every matter is the matter of the heart. Amen. Amen. <laughs> So the Christian, for the Christian, Marco, we are to be, we're not called to follow our heart, but to trust the Lord. Can you read Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to read your CSB here. Yeah. This makes me, this makes me trip up. Uh, <laughs> trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him, and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Talk to me about that, Marco. I know you, you know, again, you're a biblical scholar, bro. Mm-hmm. Is that a good, is that a good, you know, yeah. go ahead. No, I, I just think this is addressing someone who's, um, this isn't addressing the world, right? This is addressing mm-hmm. someone who's already, uh, someone who's a, a, a Christian today. Right, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been a Christian in Proverbs. There was uh, Christ did not come yet, but trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. is is a matter of faith. Where I'm going through a certain circumstance, and I don't, I mean, if I'm praying about it, I don't know how the Lord's going to work it out, how, mm-hmm. how the out, what the outcome is going to be. So I'm told not to trust or not to rely on my own understanding because my own understanding is finite, um, bound by time and and you know, the smallness of, of, of my capacity to, to even figure these things out. And my heart is not reliable. Um, hmm. right. My feelings are not reliable. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. So just take that as a, as a promise as, as look, you're not going to be able to figure this out. You're not going to be able to know how this is going to work out. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. And then it's in all your ways, I think, acknowledge him. Or you have here know him, and he. And so in doing that, right in all your ways, in whatever the circumstance you're dealing with, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he mm. will make make your path straight. And that's regarding the way you live your life, right? Following the law. Mm. Uh, don't be wise in your own eyes, right? Be humble. Yeah. Fear, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And um, one pastor, Marco, he says. He says this, don't believe everything you feel 
your emotions are mm. the greatest liars you mm. know. Preach the truth to your emotions and by the power of the Holy Spirit, the truth will begin to change your emotions. My plea for this generation is stop following your heart. How many relationships have you entered oh, following man. your heart that's ruined your life, mm. has taken more from you than is given? How many decisions have you made in your life based off, you made permanent decisions based on a temporary circumstance because you followed your deceitful little heart? I'm not being brash and I'm not mm. trying to be harmful with my words. What I'm saying is, please know the word of God more than you know your heart. As John Bunyan says, when someone cuts you as a Christian, the Bible should bleed out. Mm. Know the promises of God so that you can detect lies from truth. But listen to this. True discernment is not the ability, as Charles Spurgeon says, to discern right from wrong. He said true discernment is being able to discern right from almost right. Mm. Yeah. So my plea is with you not to follow your heart, but to follow Christ. Because Christ is your shepherd. He'll lead you into the valley of green pastures. He will give you rest. He knows where he's going. We are blind guides, bro. <laughs> we are like blind leading the blind. Blind people should never lead anyone. No. But Jesus is our shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He knows where he's going. Follow him. And I think from there, you'll have your best life. Even with the trials and the suffering that comes with following him, you know where you're going. You're a chosen people by a chosen savior going to a chosen place who knows where he's going. Follow him. Amen. Amen. So I think I think that's that's helpful. So Marco, just to wrap up, one of the last questions I want to ask you is, how does a phrase like follow your heart, how does a phrase like follow your heart become such a worldview for so many people? Um, that's a good question. I, th I think just off the cuff here, I'm, I'm going to say our, our society today is very much postmodern. What does that mean? Um, so, so postmodernism, right. It was a response to modernism, which thought that the sciences, the, um, that the sciences, yeah, it's more like a scientism could answer all of life's problems that we could figure everything out through scientific discovery, that objective truth was attainable. Um, and that kind of got put on its head um, when philosophers and scientists realized that science really can't answer a lot of things. Hmm. Um, that's a, you know, scientism itself is contradictory. Yeah. You know, that, a lot of people just say, hey, you know, trust the science or believe science. I mean, science is good. It's a gift. But I think the word science is taken to be almost this. Um, if you say science, it's almost regarded as it's, a, it's really a religious term almost. Or it's mm -hmm. regarded as, hey, if the science or scientists, because really science doesn't say anything. It's really scientists. <laughs> yeah. right? And science is just a matter of it's just a method of discovery that that. Uh, that God has really given us because he's given us the senses, the faculties to be able to do science. Mm -hmm. But um, if you were to say um, that science can give you all truth, I mean, that, that statement isn't a scientific statement itself, right? It's a philosophical yeah. statement. So you're, you're really cutting off your own hand. So, okay. so postmodernism is kind of, is, is a response to that. And it's, it's this belief that um, there's no objective reality. In fact, okay. they would they would say meta narratives are oppressive. So to say okay. that there's one overarching truth, such as Christianity, that's an oppressive belief. Because if you were to tell me that I'm subject to a wrathful God, um, and I don't believe in God, well, that's a very oppressive belief. I don't I don't want to believe that, right? Mm. So it's easier for me to follow my heart and just say, well, that's that's fine for you, but I don't personally believe that. And how dare you tell me that I have to believe what you believe? And then you you put that together with, especially here in America, where, or even, I mean, it's the world now, but America really, you know, they say there's a melting pot and you got all these di diverse views and beliefs. And how do you adjudicate the truth between a Muslim, a Christian, a Buddhist, a Hindu, an atheist, an agnostic? 
you know, a Seventh Day Adventist versus a Baptist. I mean, you have so many belief systems, right? And you I mean you you'll have someone even saying they're a Christian, but they um they aren't, mm. you know. But so they 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 act and believe and say things a certain way versus someone who is a, a true believer. And you have so you how do you adjudicate between all these different beliefs? And the best way to do that is just to say, well, um, your truth is your truth. It's it's true for you, but it's not true for me. You know, that's that's true for that person. That's not true for you. So there's no objective truth, which again is a self-defeating uh, proposition. I mean, you can't you can't say that there's no objective truth because the minute you say that, then it's like, well, is that statement true? And if it's not, then you're it just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's what we do, and I think that's that's very much feelings led. You know, I feel, I think, I believe. It's very much subjective, right? And so that makes it easier to say, well, hey, follow your heart because, hey, you just want to be happy. And who am I to tell you, hey, because what, I mean, if I'm if I'm if I'm talking with someone who, let's say. Let's say let's say we're debating gay marriage and right. And who are you to tell these people they can't be married or or that the homosexuality is wrong? Who are you to say this? If if I'm that if I'm let's say I'm talking with you, if I'm that basing this conversation on uh an objective truth then it is just my opinion versus your opinion and we're just going to go in circles because i'm going to say i think it's wrong you're going to say you think it's right and there's no adjudication you know it's the old playground says who so what do you what do you base that statement on you're making a moral statement well what do you base it upon so that's your feelings that's your heart okay fine you follow your heart i'm going to follow my heart and do what i feel is right and so we've we've completely undercut any objective meaning or truth. Yeah, bro. Um, Tony Evans. <laughs> he once says that man was not made to follow human determination, but divine revelation. Mm. And um, I read in total truth to your point. Um, and she said, uh, actually, a non-believing professor said objectivity is God's view on a matter. Mm. isn't that nice mm-hmm. that's nice right that's good. <laughs> that objectivity is God's view on a matter he wasn't even a Christian right so it's a level of again Tony Evans says there's two answers to a question <laughs> God's answers and everyone else's answer is wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and until we start thinking like that and bro mm-hmm. I'm telling you be ready for anger yeah be ready for anger when I talk to people, and you can say evangelism, even though I don't be trying to evangelize, but it kind of just happened. Mm-hmm. When I talk to people and they ask me a question, why do you say that? I say, because the Bible says it. Who do you think you are? They mm-hmm. lose their mind. Live it, live it. But even, but just sticking with that, right? And people want, and I think you said something the other day, you know, dying the death of a thousand qualifications. I think that's mm-hmm. what you said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, people want you to quantify and qualify everything. And sometimes it's just like, no, this is what God's word says. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else you want me to say. No amount of reasoning is going to change your mind. You need faith. You need mm-hmm. to pray that God opens your eyes because there's no man who can look up God and live. It like, see, it, it, you can't just reason yourself to faith. There's no mental assent to true and, faith. And Bring and your say- intellect. Bring your intellect mm-hmm. with you, obviously. God does work through the intellect. He changes your mind. Part of repentance is a change of mind. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is there's not enough enough, there's not enough reading in the world that can open your eyes. Only the spirit can do that. Go ahead. What do you yeah. say? Yeah, no, that is a, it is the opening of the mind is spiritual. Um yes. you need a you need a new heart and new new affections before you can uh, think differently. No, I was yeah. just gonna um I, I totally lost it now. You were, you were, yeah, you were saying something in the moment. I, I had a, a thought about that, but I lost it now. But that's okay. well, you, I know I was talking about. Um, I don't want to belabor the point, but I know I was talking about like just saying this is what the Bible said and how people respond to that. I don't know if that's sparking anything, but I don't know. No, I lost it now. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, listen to this. R.C. Sproul says this, and I think is really good. He says two things that every human being absolutely must come to understand are the holiness of God and the Mm. sinfulness of man. Mm. These topics are difficult for people to face and they go together. If we understand who God is and catch a glimpse of his majesty, purity, and holiness, then we are instantly aware of the extent 
of our own corruption. Mm. When that happens, we fly to grace because we recognize that there's no way that we could ever stand before God apart from grace. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> amen. Um, yes, and amen. <laughs> Sproul, Sproul is so good with, uh, in fact, his book, The Holiness of God, is, is one of my top five books. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think we've, we've, oh man, our culture, the view of who God is and what or what he is, right? That's a question we don't ask. What is God, right? Like, what is God? He's not a man. Yep. You know, you hear people say the old man in the sky. The man right? upstairs. The man upstairs. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he is not a man. No. <laughs> uh, he is not a man in the, in the human sense. He is, mm-hmm. he is God. What is, actually, we don't know. What, if I were to say, what is God? We actually don't know, right? What is God? Mm-mm. I don't know. You can't, you, when mm-hmm. you going to put him in a genus, a species? Yep. Uh, what is God? Um, so when Sproul t- in the Bible talks about the holiness of God, he's, he transcends anything, um, <laughs> anything here. I mean, just, just look at Isaiah in chapter six, how he responds, um, to seeing to seeing God's glory, right? He sees he sees the Lord. He sees Jesus actually on the throne. Yeah. Um, and that's that's borne out in John. I think it's twelve forty one or twelve forty two. Where, where he says he saw the you know, when, when Isaiah saw the Lord. And he's referring to Jesus. So Isaiah saw Jesus on the throne, and he says, "I saw him high and lifted up." And what's his response? Woe is me! Me, I am undone. Done. <laughs> um, I remember reading that as a non-believer and just being taken in by the, the awesomeness of who this God is. And of course, at the time it didn't change me or anything, but I just remember reading that and be like, wow, that's, that's an incredible God. Because if you, if you compare that to today, I mean, so many people revere pastors and revere, um, as they would say, holy men, quote unquote, right. Mm -hmm. When you see a a pastor treated a certain way, people won't cuss in front of the pastor. Right. They're very respectful. You know, I'm talking non-believers, very respectful. Mm -hmm. And think how much they revere that person and they think that this person is holy or something, something special about them. And imagine that person now falling before God and, and recognizing that they are absolute nothing. Yep. Um, I mean, if that helps give any any understanding of the holiness of God, of who and what he is, um, that we, could, we couldn't exist in his presence if it wasn't for his for his mercy. For uh, sure. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a lack of understanding of who God is. Uh, there's just such a naive view of God and that, and that affects, you know, when you don't know who God is, that affects his holiness. So that it brings, you bring God down to man in a mm-hmm. sense of, you think of a very man, a man-made deity that, that yep. can be, that can be grasped and reached. And, um, He's he's very small. It's a very small God. Yeah. Um, I think that really affects the holiness of God. And Jesus' whole mission, um, yes, he came to save sinners, but also to restore God's glory. Not to say that God's glory was ever lost, but to mm. show men who God really is, to reveal the Father mm. to the children of men. Mm. And um, I think one thing, because Jesus has so many, you've heard it said, but I say statements. And I remember right. so many times he would challenge the Pharisees saying, oh, you don't really understand that. This is what mm. God really mm. meant. Mm. It's restoring truthfulness to God's way of doing things. And people didn't like that. And you have to know if you're going to do that as a pastor, or as a follower of Christ, you're not going to be light because people usually love to be in complacency. They they like the things to be subjective. They don't like objective truth. Mm-hmm. Much as people say they do, you don't like things to be black and white, bro, because then no. you got to obey. <laughs> yeah. You got to obey you what have to you do. Something. do know. Um, that quote I read was from R.C. Sproul's book, Are People Basically Good? And I just want to end the show uh, with this. He says, you may have heard the term total depravity. It's one of the most misunderstood terms in theology. I prefer, I prefer the term radical corruption. It's not that every human being is as bad as he could possibly be. But radical, radical corruption means that the sinful nature goes to the radix, the root of the core of human experience. Jesus said, no good trees bears bad fruit. 
nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, Luke 6, 43. Mm-hmm. Mankind's tendency is to minimize this sinful condition as much as possible. What God desires, I think, is every Christian to develop a biblical worldview, Marco. A.W. Tozer in his books, The Knowledge of Holy, he said his, his earnest desperation, what he prayed for the most was that we can pass down a biblical worldview of God's holiness to the next generation and that it will prove better than anything the arts, sciences, college or universities could teach them. Mm-hmm. A firm grasp of the holiness of God and the, the holiness of God and the gospel of Christ can do more work than anything the university can produce. Anything mm-hmm. you two can produce, having a firm grasp of that. I think what God desires, bro, is not for you to follow your heart, but for you to tear your heart in repentance. Mm-hmm. This is what uh, Joel 2, 13, 14 says, tear your hearts, not just your clothes and return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, mm-hmm. slow to anger, abounding in faithful love. And he relents from sin and disaster. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. So you can offer a grain offering and a drink offering to the Lord, your God. Please tear your hearts. Don't follow it. Tear your heart so God can give Amen. you a new one. So God can give you a new one so that you can be submissive to his laws. That don't mean you're not going to sin, but you have a heart that's responsive. You no longer have a heart, a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. You're responsive towards what God wants you to do. Mm. That's my biggest prayer for my generation because there's no fear of the Lord. That's why they can do the things that they do because they don't fear the Lord. They don't even know the fear of the Lord. They mm. do not know the danger that they're in. And it's our calling, calling. It begets us to teach them, no, God's holy. Judgment's coming. Wrath is coming. Turn from this wicked and perverse generation and trust in him. It ain't going to be many. But like the lady said in the book, she said, I was saved by M. And the guy who was talking to her said, what do you mean saved by M? <laughs> she said, Jesus says, many won't enter the kingdom, not any. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so that was really good. So, Amen. Marco, I appreciate you, bro. I love you I so much. It, Again, this is the Life Podcast. Likewise. No, before I go, Marco, got to answer the question to every guest. What mm. does living for eternity mean to you? What does living intentionally for eternity mean to you? Oh, man. And, well, the intentionally <laughs> really qualifies it, right? So yes. <laughs> uh, we live knowing that when we die, that's not it that this life is but a breath or is a vapor as Ecclesiastes or the Bible says over and over. Uh, so you live this life intentionally in the sense of intentionally for him, um, because that's the only work in the end that will uh, stand the fire, right? All the works that you do in this world will be burned up and only those that have eternal value will, will have worth and come out of the fire refined. Um, so live your life intentionally in light of that, because uh, we are eternal beings. We're not, um, we're not going to cease to exist. Or, or become part of the universe or something like that. When we die, we are going to uh, face uh, our creator and be ready to answer to him. And you better comes hope that, death and the judgment. And you better hope that Jesus Christ is your advocate. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But this has been the Life Podcast. You know, we love to filter our thoughts through God's thoughts. We like to filter our perspectives through God's perspectives. We like to filter our ways through God's ways. Pray you keep fighting the good fight of faith. Marco, say bye to the people. Bye, people. Peace. All right, brother.